Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? You know that feeling when there's like a global fungus? <laughs> yes, I heard about this global <laughs> fungus. It's like this fungus that nobody wants to talk about. And there was this big article in the New York Times about it. It's called Candida auris, and it doesn't respond to any treatment. Right. And this guy like died in the hospital with it. And instead of normally like a communicable disease, they'll like you know, spray it with the anti-disinfectants and things like that. But that wasn't enough. They had to like tear to, like, the tile. The, they had to burn, burn the, the hospital down. <laughs> well, that's how I feel about that's this week. That's how I feel like, about our democracy. Not, we cannot just hose it down. We must burn it we down. We must burn it that's down. That's why we have this podcast. This is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we burn it down. My name is No. My sign is No. My number is No. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, there is so much to talk about this week. Um, we normally start with the elephant in the room, and it's a big political thing that everybody is talking about or doesn't want to talk about. But yeah. I don't know. You were just getting a little agitated about something else going on. I think on. we need to talk about something else. Okay. So, like... Just when you think that this global fungus is the worst thing that could possibly happen to you, medically speaking, along comes this woman in Taiwan with bees in her eyes. <laughs> now, now, wait. This is not unprecedented for this weekend. No. Last year, we had an article about a woman who had a worm in her eye. A, she got it from a cow. She got it from a cow. But I, I, I was not aware of the... I bees. Tell so, me to tell me more. Okay, so this woman, so she. She went to the hospital. She thought that she remembered insects blowing into her eye when she visited a relative's grave site. But we all have that. And I mean, there's always like gnats in your who eye. Who among us has, has not never, visited right? a relative's and grave the... and had gnats blow into their <laughs> eyes? So she washed her eyes out with water and she kept experiencing severe pain in the aftermath of this visit. And then like tears wouldn't stop coming out of her eyes and she was in agony. Her eyesight had been reduced to the equivalent of like 2200, okay. right? So she couldn't see... So she goes to the hospital and the head of ophthalmology there at this university in hospital in Taiwan, Hung Shi Ting, says, I saw something that looked like insect legs. So I pulled them out Wait, under a microscope. The eye? Like they were poking inside outside. the eye. Okay. So under the eyelid. So he's like, the good news <laughs> is that I know what's happening here. <laughs> The bad news <laughs> is that you have four tiny bees living under your left no, eyelid. No, I need to be. I, uh, I, I mean, need I would be no. like, I'd grab the prescription pad and be like, give me cyanide right no, now. Like, yes, yes, there I would are drink poison. They're too horrible I to would endure. Say I need generalist anesthesia right now. Take me to the psychiatric hospital and just like, I would lose burn my, my mind. <laughs> I would lose my mind. So these things are called sweat. Bees. They're three to four Sweat millimeters bees? in length, and they nest near graves. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what? Yeah. How, how does a they're all bee, over the world? How does a bee know where a grave is? I guess like there's certain things in the air, in the air grave the, like, sites, the corpse, that maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't this know. This is the stuff of like a Wes Craven movie. It is. Oh yeah, it is. Um, this is like the the font of a. A million nightmares. This it's, is incredible. It's so, like, okay, yeah. so the bees know where the corpses are, where the bodies are the buried. The bees know so where the sure. bodies are buried. And so they feed off generally nectar and pollen. Maybe they like the flowers at the grave sites. But there's flowers everywhere. <laughs> Why don't they like, like lovely roadside Cut. meadows <laughs> sponsored by Bette Midler? 
And so they feed off the nectar, but they're also drawn to like the moisture and salts of human perspiration. So these bees... Okay, so anyone who comes to a grave and cries where there's moisture and salt in the tears... You're attracting these bees. Yes, like moths to a flame. It's Like bees to a eye. It's such a nope. It's such a nope. I had to just address Wait, so I that need before to know, anything what's else. The, what's the outcome here? Did she get these She's bees okay. removed? She's okay. She got to the hospital before things got really bad, and she's going to be okay. They removed the bees. Thank God. Uh, thank God. But like... Thank God for Taiwanese science. I'm, I mean, she didn't freak out. She just was like... Okay. Like, good f- yeah, good, good for, for her. her. I wouldn't have done the same. But no, everybody, be be careful. Be very be careful when you have to go to the graveside of a loved one. Like wear goggles. Wear goggles, or keep your tears for when you leave the premises. Keep because your the tears bees. to yourselves. <laughs> okay. No. Terrible. No. No. I bees. Um, so uh, you guys, a lot of people ask us, like, what do? You, how do you organize this podcast? And the answer is, we do not. This is largely spontaneous. <laughs> Wildly disorganized. But sometimes we like we'll do a like little rundown of like here are the topics we're gonna talk about. And there's a topic that Rachel dropped in here that legitimately sometimes we know the general gist here, but I have no idea what the fuck this is. Rachel, take it away. Okay, so yeah, I was like, we must talk about undercorns. Undercorns. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. You did say undercorns, and I'm like, is that like uh feet? Like a corn on under your foot? And it's so interesting that you brought that up because Brooke <laughs> Brooke Hammerling, our friend and finest living cheese influencer, yes. she tweeted, the undercorn thing really disturbs me because I immediately visually see some nasty foot situation. As did I. Right. Said, so the question is, what is an undercorn? If not a foot condition, what is an undercorn? <laughs> <laughs> so I think we first need to talk about what a unicorn is, which is a company that is valued north of $1 billion. Or okay? a mythical creature. A mythical or a mythical creature with a horn has, originally. Right. But and in this context. Text, yes. It's a company. Yes. And an undercorn, by contrast, <laughs> is a unicorn that goes public at a price that values it under its last private valuation. Oh, like Pinterest is going to do that. Like Pinterest. So oh, yeah. I read about it in the New York Times in the context of Pinterest. Okay. So they're pricing their IPO at 15 to $17 per share, which would value the company at around $11 billion. You don't even want to though- do that. Because that means the people that put their money in most recently before the IPO... They're basically it's a dis- at, at a discount to that. It's like they overpaid. it's a down round, it's a down round, right? Right, and so I feel like this is not a good economic signal. Like companies are racing to go public even at valuations lower than the private markets. I think right? fuck the the economics of it. It's just a terrible word. Undercorns. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm so proud. And the thing is, these people could have a, a you know, a valuation of $900 million, which by any normal human standards is like incredible, right? right? They've built a $900 million company, but oh no, it's not a billion dollars. So now you're an undercorn? You're an <laughs> Like you're an acorn? Like You're an, a non-entity. No, you're it's a, terrible. You're just like a, what is like a unicorn without a horn? It's like a goat. It's a horse. It's a horse. <laughs> <laughs> an undercorn <laughs> Is one of the most disgusting words that has ever (laughs) been invented. Undercorns, no, get out, get out of our world. We don't need you. No, but no, but I have no interest in Pinterest. No, just be a company. Just be a company. Just, just don't go public if you're going to be valued underneath your 
last private valuation. No. <laughs> okay, that was pretty esoteric. But we're sitting here at a tech accelerator, so it's a Yeah, you know about topic. this. So like what I, do you I think? know about these things, but I try to talk about things in a way that the whole our whole audience of millions across sixty three countries actually yeah. will un, will will sort of oh, relate get to. This. Yeah. Yeah. Pinterest, okay. no. Don't go public as an undercore. No one, <laughs> go no public one, as a unicorn. unicorn. No one wants an undercore. No. No, shut it down. So you know when you like go to a sperm bank and they put you in that little booth with the like old porn magazines? Nope. <laughs> and then you're so embarrassed that you can't even get it up? And, I, am, uh, I can imagine. It's okay. difficult. Well, yeah. I, I, I have to imagine it too, but I'm, I'm there. Uh, now there is a solution for that. And of course, it comes from China. Um, and China's having a little bit of a crisis because not enough people are donating sperm. And oh. it doesn't help that in order to donate sperm, you have to take an oath of loyalty to the Chinese Communist Party. Really? Yes. Oh, and I didn't know demonstrate that. your political purity. But oh. once they've gotten the people past that, then they have these people who are just embarrassed. So they have the solution, which is this new machine that is commercially available. It's called a sperm extractor. Okay. And let me describe it. <laughs> so it is a pink and white pole with a sort of like bulge. So imagine like you're in the gym. There's like a standing digital scale. You like stand there or it's like in CVS or Walgreens. Like you stand there and you can see that thing. Except, of course, it has like a little tube that, you know, comes out. Like a protruding tube. A protruding tube. A protruding at, vagina at, at, simulator. At penis level, <laughs> right? And it's kind of thrust in and out and you stick your penis in it. And so it's like a hand job. Basically. It's like a hand job. But like I know that these things, this is like a sex toy that is it's easy to buy and get and so this is commercial grade, though. So it is, uh, you know, up to standards. It, you can adjust the speed, force, and heat level of it. Okay. Heat is very important. Okay. And according to their marketing materials, there's t- you'll link to it, I'm sure. There are plenty of videos here. Um, it simulates vaginal environment through massage, sucking, vibration, and twitching. <laughs> <laughs> Among I, us has I not just... overcome. <laughs> but is this supposed to be like somehow less stressful that, that's than the just thing, like is you go to a, like a, a like a quiet room and you're supposed to basically jerk off into a cup, <laughs> which most people is an activity that most people are familiar with, right? Because they it's do like... it in private, right? Right. But so you go into instead you sidle up to this enormous machine. <laughs> You stick your penis into a pole. This is a solution it for comes a problem that like, does not exist. It's like a hammer in search of a nail. It's like, and then it twitches on you? Okay, and- so I had to go deeper because here on This Week in Nope, we do not just relay crazy stories that we find in the press. We actually do original research. So I went on to Alibaba, which is basically the Amazon of China, and I found this product. It is, uh, whatever, number SW3701, and its official name is Trolley Type sperm collector slash automatic semen collector slash premature ejaculation instrument. Okay. I know where the premature ejaculation. And it looks just like an Amazon product page with like the reviews and the features and the specs and things like that. So among the features are that it provides a full range of visual, auditory, and olfactory simulation. So there are smells in there, this? Are there smells? like smell? Like is it smell like a vagina? This is too much okay. for me. They're, they claim also that it has all-round airbags, and it makes semen collection a true experience. So, so if, oh Why gosh. does everything have to be an experience? What? It's the experiential economy. It's like a pop-up. And, and, and that, how do 
all-round airbags make you feel like you're actually having sex. Do you have sex with all-round airbags? <laughs> of course. <laughs> and perhaps the most important experiential feature is that it supports SD cards and USB <laughs> external ex- expansion. What? <laughs> so these are the technical specs. They say it's also good for, quote, sex psychological evaluation, which is a little creepy, um, for the International General Psychological Questionnaire to understand the real performance of sexual activity. I don't trust so, this. <laughs> I feel like it's... it's and finally, <laughs> the final feature that makes this something you cannot not buy for, by the way, for $5,000, I omitted the price. It has an MP5 player. It's compatible with an MP5 player and a tablet PC. Okay. So it's <laughs> Wait, basically... I don't know what an MP5... What could possibly go wrong? It's basically like... <laughs> Record it's it's recording you. I don't and know if it's recording you. Maybe it's playing you. porn for you on the tablet. I don't know. And what's it's the MP5 player like? Like three dimensional hologram. And what's the olfactory? What are the smells? What it's are emitting? the smells? This is terrible. This is another example of like Asia, China, just like. Stay just in your lane. Just jerk off the old-fashioned way. Technology way. is not improving this this behavior. No, no. Pornhub is a perfect product. <laughs> just do not try to improve upon it. No, no, no shut, it shut down. this down. Okay, Rachel, what do you got? So I kind of I have this um, personal story that I wanted to talk oh, we love, about. We, we haven't done these as much lately. We used to have things real, that are personal and yet global. It's a real nope, and I don't know how anybody else is dealing with this problem, but there are like no postage stamps to be found anywhere no, lately. I know. So I try to pay people like people like you have to send me a check, and I send them a check, and I put it in an envelope because I have envelopes, and I realize I don't have stamps, and I put them in my like backpack, and they sit there for fucking six months. Right, and people are like you're trying not to pay me. I'm like, no, I just fucking can't find a stamp there's no way like so where do you get a stamp 7-eleven they sometimes have them at like Dwayne reed and cvs which i have in my neighborhood so i I needed stamps for this thing in the fall so i went to Dwayne reed and cvs they were out of stamps so i went home and i got my mail and i saw that there was this like mailing a promo mailing from stamps.com they sponsor all kinds of podcasts they do sponsor podcasts and so i was like oh maybe i'll try this high-tech way to get stamps (laughs) it's been around for like 20 years super high tech it's like and they were offering and they were like free stamps and like there was like oh i see where this you're supposed to like print them out i was sucked sucked in in by stamps.com so i gave them my information and then like i could not figure out how to use it like i you know i have they send you one of those like they, like like stamp machines I think and the, maybe like, you need that I don't know it's a whole thing it's it's really for people who like run a business out of their homes yeah. and need like you know parcel like postage it's, like, <laughs> it's not for thing. one stamp but that's all I needed <laughs> and so I can't I thought I canceled it and then I realized this week that since October, I have been billed by stamps.com $15.99 a month, and I never actually got one single stamp. So if you were to use a stamp, it would be like a $100 stamp, a a forever stamp. Right. So I was just really furious because like the first time they billed me, I called Amex and I was like, I'm going to refuse this charge because I don't know how this happened. And I didn't think I would get charged again, but they've been charging me and I didn't realize it. So 
I go back on stamps.com, I log into my account, and I realize like I am subs- I'm enrolled and subscribed into this program, and I couldn't cancel it. It said like there was like a link to wouldn't let you just it click said, to cancel. It said change or cancel your account, but there was no button to Wait, cancel it. That, yeah. And then like I went into the FAQs and you actually have to call a number and the number is in they're based in California and you can only call between like 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. Pacific and it was like 9 a.m. So Eastern. You're a lifetime subscriber so to stamps.com like, when I'm, you mail <laughs> one you need one stamp per year. I needed one stamp and I finally like went to a CVS that had stamps and so I got my <laughs> stamp but I had to buy a book of stamps and they had Santa Claus on that. Um, Wait, this is in April? No, this is more recently because I've like just struggled. No, now no April stamps. recently. But where does anybody know? Could you tell us? Like, just tweet at us or email us. Tell us where where can we find stamps? I mean, the, I no guess, one goes into the post office. Well, because then you have to wait two hours and your whole day is shot. How do people do this before there was the internet? I and don't, even with the internet, <laughs> like, who needs a fucking stamp? Who, just I no. It's terrible. No, just put it on my tax bill or something like that, or it should be free. Or just stop mailing me things. Stop. I, just, I, I don't want to receive incoming mail. I don't want to send outgoing oh, no, mail. No, no. No. Okay. Stamps.com. That's a problem. I have another personal story, oh, Rachel. Do tell. We haven't done these in a while. Yeah. But um, um, one of my favorite wines, I'm not like one of these huge wine connoisseurs, but I have a few like nice upscale brands that I treat myself to. And uh, we took a family trip with Doug's family to uh, Napa, Sonoma, Russian River Valley a few years ago. And through a friend, I got hooked up with this amazing winery called Alpha Omega. Uh-huh. And they put on a like a tasting lunch for us in a private room and we got to taste all their things and we all subscribe to their service, which is how their they make club, money, yeah. their wine club, and you get all the wine and we have a whole closet full of Alpha Omega wine. And I love it and I serve it on special occasions because it's kind of expensive. I just found out that uh, last year they were sued over a charity party somehow that allegedly involved uh, on a yacht, a yacht party that included cocaine and sex workers in which there were 25 male auction winners for some charity, and they chose straws from all these women who were on the yacht to decide who would be their personal sex worker. It was incredibly disgusting. And the Fresno Bee, which is, you know, around there, I guess, um, had an expose about it. And then they were sued and prosecuted and so forth. But Alpha Omega was running this Alpha Omega ran it. It, Like they ran the charity thing and they ran the yacht. So they were completely culpable. They were were culpable in this whole disgusting thing. Um, It turns out, so you look at who is, owns Alpha Omega, and I thought it was like my friend's friends who <laughs> set us up with this thing. It turns out that a significant investor in Alpha Omega winery is Devin Nunez. Oh. <laughs> okay, the, that, it's all making the sense California now. California congressman who is like Trump's number one lackey. Who's um, suing a cow right now. <laughs> not only is he suing a cow, he's also suing, suing the Fresno Bee. Oh, for revealing about that, for revealing him, and for writing about this thing, which is absolutely true. Wow! Right, so he's suing them for a hundred and fifty million dollars. Oh, that sounds like about <laughs> sounds right about for telling the truth for character defamation. Um, so. The good news is I think justice will be done. Yeah. The bad news is that I have a closet full of Alpha Omega wine that I now don't want to drink because it has the like it's tainted. eerie musk of Devin Nunez's Ooh. like cocaine sex worker parties. 
And why is this not being written about? What? We can't have nice things. We cannot have nice things. I thought I had a nice wine with a nice connection to the winery, and it's a fucking as vile as everything else in the world. <laughs> so no. no. No, just shut it down. Alpha Omega, I'm sorry. I was a loyal customer, and now I am canceling my membership. Shut it down. No. Rachel, what do you have? Okay, well, so speaking of California... Um, one of California's finest living entrepreneurs, <laughs> Jack Dorsey. Oh. You know, we, we talked about how he gave this interview with an anti-vaxxer on a podcast. Jack Dorsey's who's Twitter. He's the CEO and founder of Twitter, and he's also the CEO of Square. And, you know, full disclosure, I used to work for Twitter, so, you know, I, I don't like him very much. Um, but he gave this interview with an anti-vaxxer named Ben Grief Greenfield on this podcast called Fitness, Diet, Fat Loss, and Performance. And the podcast is out now. Okay. okay. And it's been released. It's been released. So CNBC then took the highlights from this long interview and had a piece published this week called Jack Dorsey's 11 Wellness Habits from No Food All Weekend to Ice Baths. <laughs> okay. So the bottom line is that this person is an insaniac. Okay. <laughs> Jack Dorsey. <laughs> we kind of knew that, but what we are the details here? Yeah. So this is, and, and he seems like he's a really fun guy. So he wakes up at 5 a.m. <laughs> no, and what do you do? Nothing says fun like waking up at 5 a.m. And he jumps into an ice bath. Oh! <laughs> what could be better? So he says, especially in the morning, going into an ice cold tub from being warm in bed is, it just unlocks this thing in my mind. And I feel like I can will myself to do that thing that seems small but hurts so much. I can do near anything so then he meditates fine that's good and then he walks five miles to work which takes him over an hour this is a ceo of two publicly traded companies he's wasting like a full hour oh, it's like 5 a.m to 9 a.m doing these <laughs> nonsense rituals yes okay so in the evening so then he works all day and then in the evening he does this sauna followed by ice bath ritual. So first he sits in a barrel sauna that he says is set. <laughs> he's in an actual barrel? A barrel. He sits in a barrel. <laughs> like in Woody Woodpecker cartoons? <laughs> like it, the guy who goes over <laughs> Niagara Falls in a barrel? Yes. yes. <laughs> I can't picture Jack Dorsey in a barrel. It's in a barrel. And it's set at 220 degrees, which, by the way, can't possibly be true. No, he would boil. boil. <laughs> he would boil. <laughs> it would, like blister. Wait. <laughs> it can't be right. 220 That's degrees? That's what he says. So then he hops into an ice bath after that and he repeats this process going from ice to boiling well, three times the we know in the schwitz it's good to go to hot to cold it's it's strangely unpleasant and pleasant but that seems excessive 220 degrees yes so that's what and he does and not something you do every day it's, something it's you a, do like you know on a special weekend, occasion like birthdays <laughs> anniversary maybe periods <laughs> mikvahs i don't know <laughs> So that's Get what he, a little vaccination. <laughs> so okay, so that's what he does. I'll tell you what he doesn't do. He does not eat. <laughs> he subsists on one meal a day, Monday through Thursday. And he said that lately he's been experimenting with fasting from Friday through Sunday. Wait, how many days? <laughs> <laughs> he only has dinner Monday through Thursday. And then on Friday through Sunday, he doesn't eat anything so three at all. Days. So I've heard of intermittent fasting, which is like you don't eat from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. or you, you fast one day of a, a week. But he's eating one meal a day for, for the whole week and then fasting for three days. That's called anorexia. Exactly. Exactly. And he said, the first time I did it, 
Uh, like day three, I felt I was hallucinating because you're near Because death. you're hallucinating. Okay, <laughs> it was a weird state to be in. But as I did it, it became so apparent to me how much of our days are centered around meals and the experience I had when I was fasting for much longer, how it really, time really slowed down. So he's basically what? doing this for like productivity purposes. And let me just say like this man has a life threatening illness. It is called anorexia. Like you just said, and imagine if a woman gave an interview with a podcast, a woman CEO and was like, I eat one meal a day, except then I I fast fast all weekend. Like she would would be be committed. She would be committed to a hospital intervention. There would be like people with like butterfly nets at the door and taking her to the psychiatric hospital. Right. But for Jack Dorsey, it's positioned as this like life affirming biohack. You know, and right. what, you know, one man's biohack is another woman's <laughs> eating disorder. This, I just think this sets a horrible example for the company. But it you also know, assumes like primacy of productivity. Like the best thing I can do is abuse my body and my my brain so I can be more productive for my companies. Right. Right. Which is a problem when you run too publicly traded. Which company, he shouldn't right, be doing. Which he shouldn't be doing. Never mind. But like that – that's just like psychologically wrong. Like we should be living a good life. Eating is a nice thing. It's a good thing. It's enjoyable. Yeah. It's not just fuel to let you run more companies. It's not like a waste of like your time, right. you know, like this person needs help. Right. And this is like Donald Trump who like doesn't want to waste energy by walking because he thinks people have a finite, a finite amount, amount of energy, energy in their lives. And if they waste it, they'll die sooner. Right. And this is the opposite problem. <laughs> like, okay. So no. no. Jack Dorsey, there's so many things to say no to about you, but. This, this is, is this is the worst. This I, is the worst. Someone should intervene. Any of you young entrepreneurs, founders of startup companies who are thinking you want to be like Jack Dorsey, you do not. You do not. Please live a Please. normal life. You will be a better entrepreneur by actually living a normal Enjoy life and food. not being an Don't insaniac. Don't listen to this garbage. I love food. Get, go, go walk out now and get some nachos. Get yes. some fucking nachos, which we're about to do as soon as we finish <laughs> this podcast. No. No. Okay. Uh, speaking of food, I have one final item for myself. Um... I'm going to talk about some MIT students who are very enthusiastic about artificial intelligence. We're all worried about it. Our robot overlords who will come to dominate us. Um, but there are in the, in the medium term, short term to medium term, there are interesting applications for this. So this is about a student named Pinar Yanardag who is a student at MIT, and she has this little – it's not a class. It's like a little club meetup called How to Generate Almost Anything with AI. And they try to find, like, interesting things like perfume or art or fashion or food using AI to sort of discern what people's tastes are, what's going to delight them. So they decided they were going to take on pizza. So so AI needs inputs. It needs like training sets. So you show it what's out there and then it comes up with better solutions. So it ingested thousands of artisanal pizza recipes from cookbooks, from shows, from everything. And and it spat out the kinds of pizzas that it thinks it would we would really like as humans. That we would like, but we're not thinking of. But we're not thinking of because we have the constraints of like the human intelligence and we're not tapping into artificial intelligence. Here is what they came up with. (laughs) What What did they come up with? If only we could cast off our human bodies, our human psyches, and submit to the AI robots. Um, One is Italian, a pizza with Italian sausage, shrimp, and jam. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Strawberry jam. That's okay. There's more. There is, they have something, there's some weird like semantic things because I guess AI doesn't really get the language. They call it snipped caramel cheese. Snipped caramel cheese? What is that? (laughs) I guess caramel cheese that's been snipped off the... (laughs) 
string cheese. I don't know. Sweet potato beans and brie pizza. Beans? Beans. beans. Oh, we <laughs> talked about bean pizza. pizza. Free pizza. And uh, blueberry spinach and feta pizza. That is terrible. They love putting the sweet things on the pizza, which we, I mean, there's Hawaiian pizza with a pineapple, but we don't think of these things. Who would have thought of jam? <laughs> it makes sense, actually. And they did a, t- so they actually had it made at a famous Boston pizzeria. Wait, shrimp and jam yeah, and Italian sausage? Italian sausage, shrimp and jam. This is a, a no, crime it's perfect, against like, humanity. Acid, heat, no. sweet, whatever it no. is. That the popular series on netflix right so um they actually made them and they took a little vote as to which of these was the best and they loved that one they love the italian sausage shrimp jam pizza okay so guess what we are going to have our next podcast next nope catered Bye. by <laughs> our yanner dog of mit no. and we are going to have stay in your lane pizza. stay in your lane no. no okay i'm so depressed about all this rachel are we ready to move on we're to almost yups? ready to move on to the ups but there's one small thing i wanted to address so okay. um so donald trump visited mount vernon the you know home of george washington um last april with the macrons oh okay and the details of the visit have just emerged today. <laughs> They've been foiled. <laughs> they been... were foiled <laughs> in a piece in Politico. And so some of the details were just very bizarre, even for an idiot like Trump. Shocking. So I'm shocked that these details are this bizarre. This was funny. So Trump was surprised to learn that um, George Washington was a major real estate speculator. And he couldn't understand why he didn't name Mount Vernon after himself. So like Mount Washington. Mount Washington. He said if he was smart, he would have put his name on it. You got to put your name on stuff or no one remembers you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so no one no remembers one, no one George remembers Washington. George. No one knows. I mean, people know what Mount Vernon is, but it's not like it's a household name. But like people know what Washington, D.C. is. He has the <laughs> he fucking has the whole city. He capital of the and, like, United States. And there's like a city in every state and every county called Washington. He's on the $1 bill. People don't know who he is. It's not enough for Trump. Enough. He needs it's to name enough. Mount Vernon, <laughs> he was, Mount Washington. He was short-sighted. Okay, so, no. That's, so, that's short and sweet and no. nope. Okay. okay. Let's move, please, onto the ups. It's been so terrible. These are the things that gave us a little beacon of light, a little ray of hope in this terrible, terrible week. Actually, I, I'm going to start yeah, this go time. Ahead. So um, one of my favorite shows of the last 10 years is The Good Wife. It's inc- so smart. So many great actors in yeah. this. Uh, you know, the star of it is Juliana Margulies. She's the center of the whole thing. She plays Alicia Florick. She's in The Next Neighborhood. I see her uh, around the neighborhood. Um, And she's left-handed, which I love. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they used to shoot in Long Island City, so I've seen her. Yeah, we bond. We bond. Um, But there's a spinoff called The Good Fight with uh, Christina Baranski. It's also awesome. It's on CBS All Access, which nobody has. But anyway, they wanted to have Juliana Margulies come in to reprise her role as uh, Alicia Florick in this. And they offered her some sort of like lame cameo salary for some doing low this. Ball some nothing. low ball offer. And she is like, fuck that. She's like, I created this character. I created this series. If John Hamm was going to come back to a spinoff about Mad Men, you better believe he was going to get top dollar to do that. Yes. So I'm not going to settle for anything less. Nor should she. Right. And I watched the, the spinoff show and I would love to see her on that. But goddamn, if she's not going to get paid for it, then stay off it. Stay Just off do what it. you're going to do. So good for you, Juliana, for, for standing up for what you believe in. You should get paid what you're worth. This is emblematic of a larger crisis 
basis in terms of how people are paid in Hollywood, in in TV, in movies, and uh, I'm all for it. So that's my yup. Rachel, yes, yup to you, Juliana. What Margulis. is your yup? So you know the, these yups are supposed to be things that uh, were like beacons of light, and this is kind of not exactly <laughs> a beacon, a beacon of, of darkness. <laughs> so, <laughs> infinite, <laughs> infinite dark. universal darkness. So I want to talk about black holes. <laughs> <laughs> so at 9 a.m. today, a group of astronomers who run this network of radio telescopes called the Event Horizon Telescope revealed the first ever picture of a black hole. I saw it. It was amazing. It's and there's really like 13 amazing. countries involved in this. Yeah, and it was it's sort of blurry, but you it, it sort of does look like what the scientists predicted. It's clearly a black hole. It's clearly a black hole, and um, it's very interesting. And there's a woman named Katie Bauman, who is an MIT graduate student who developed an algorithm that helped produce the image of the black hole. I mean, so, it's so important that people said the history History of astronomical science will be divided into before we saw a black hole and after and we after. saw a black hole. And I, it's, it was just a huge deal. And so I've been talking about black holes a lot this week at home because <laughs> I'm talking to AJ about them, my son. And we showed him a like a, you know, one of these movies about the earth, about the solar system. And, you know, um, AJ saw a black hole and it was like he said he woke up in the morning and was like, Mom, you know what? Black holes are so powerful, they could swallow up the whole earth and not even burp. Oh my God. And I thought it was so creative and amazing. They, and, and correct. And correct. They can. And they can. There's no black hole burping. No. And when he saw it on TV, when he first saw the like image of a black hole, he said, Oh, I hope that black hole doesn't come to New York City. <laughs> And that is the correct response. <laughs> All right. So, yep to the black hole, but yep to AJ yep also. To AJ. Okay. Okay. I love his interpretation. Okay. <laughs> that has been amazing. Um, wow. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. You know, we had an Uber driver on our way over to this uh, recording, Tarek. Tarek. Tarek yeah. was amazing. He was so interested in This Week in Nope. He's listening to it now. He's going to subscribe. So if you want to be like Tarek, <laughs> please be like Tarek. Please subscribe to This Week in Nope. And give uh, us five stars, just like we gave Tarek. <laughs> I gave Tarek five stars. He gave me five stars. Please give the it's podcast a, five stars. It's a ratings economy. This I... has been a terrible week. I have feel like I have fucking bees in my eyes. <laughs> uh, I have in a corns black hole. in my feet. <laughs> in a black hole. Um, Measles and terrible, fungus. Terrible. Okay. Thank you for bearing with us through all of this. This has been This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. 